Hey boys, hope you had a really fun day. Sorry the water's been out, but I'm glad that you guys are there helping mama. So tonight's story is called Indians Ride Away. There was another long night of sleep. It was so good to lie down and sleep soundly. Everything was safe and quiet. Only the owls called, whoo, whoo, in the woods along the creek, while the great moon sailed slowly over the curve of the sky above the endless prairie. In the morning, the sun shone warmly. Down by the creek, frogs were croaking. Grump, grump, they called by the edge of the pools. Knee-deep, knee-deep, better go around. Ever since Ma told them what the frogs were saying, Mary and Laura could hear the words plainly. The door was open to let in the warm spring air. After breakfast, Pa went out, whistling merrily. He was going to hitch Pete and Patty to the plow again, but his whistling, some, his, but his whistling suddenly stopped. He stood on the doorstep, looking towards the east, and he said, Come here, Caroline. And you, Mary and Laura? Laura ran out first, and she was surprised. The Indians were coming. They did not come on the creek on the creek road. They came riding up out of the creek bottoms far to the east. First came the tall Indian who had gone riding by the house in the moonlight. Jack was growling, and Laura's heart beat fast. She was glad to be close to Pa. But she knew this was a good Indian. The Osage chief was who had stopped the terrible war cries. His black pony came trotting willingly, sniffing the wind that blew the mane and tail like fluttering banners. The pony's nose and head were free. It wore no bridle. Not even one strap was on it anywhere. There was nothing to make it do anything it didn't want to do. Willingly, it came trotting along the old Indian trail as if it liked to carry the Indian on its back. Jack growled savagely, trying to get loose from his chain. He remembered this Indian, who had pointed a gun at him. Pa said, Be still, Jack. Jack growled again. For the first time in their lives, Pa struck him. Lie down. Be still, Pa said. Jack cowered down and was still. The pony was very near now, and Laura's heart beat faster and faster. She looked at the Indian's beaded moccasin, and she looked up along the fringed leg that clung to the pony's bare side. A bright-colored blanket was wrapped around the Indian. One bare red arm carried the rifle lightly across the pony's neck and shoulders. Then Laura looked up at the Indian's feast, a fierce, still brown face. It was a proud, still face, no matter what happened. It would always be like that. Nothing would change it. Only the eyes were alive in that face, and they gazed steadily far away to the west. They did not move. Nothing moved or changed except the eagle's feathers standing straight up from the scallop on his shaved head. The long feathers swayed and dipped, waving and spinning in the wind as the tall Indian on the black pony passed into the distance. Dushinit himself, 
Pa said under his breath, and he lifted his hand in salute. But the, po the happy pony and the motionless Indian went by. They went by as if the house and stable and Pa and Mary and Ma and Laura were not there at all. Pa, Ma, Mary, and Laura slowly turned to look at that Indian's proud straight back. The other ponies and other blankets and shaved heads and eagle feathers came between, one by one on the path, more and more, savage warriors riding behind Duchesne. Brown face after brown face went by, ponies' manes and tails blew in the wind, beads glittered and fringed flaps and Eagles' feathers were waving on their heads, rifles laying on the ponies' shoulders and bristled along the line. Laura was excited about the ponies. There were black ponies and bay ponies and gray ponies, brown and spotted ponies. Their little feet went trippity trip trip trip, trippity trip trip, patter 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 trippity pat trotter, all along the Indian Trail. Their nostrils widened as Jack and their bodies shied away from him, but they came on bravely, looking with bright eyes at Laura. Oh, the prettiest ponies! See, the prettiest ponies! she cried, clapping her hands. Look at the spotted one! She thought she would never be tired of watching those ponies come by, but after a while she began to look at the women and children on their backs. The women and children came riding behind the Indian men. They're no, they were no bigger than Mary and Laura and were riding pretty ponies. The ponies did not have to wear bridles or saddles, and the little Indians did not have to wear, wear um, clothes. Their skin was out in the fresh air and in the sunshine. Their straight backs and bla straight black hair blew in the wind and their black eyes sparkled with joy. They sat on their ponies, stiff and still like grown-up Indians. Laura looked and looked at the Indian children, and they looked at her. She had a naughty wish to be an Indian girl. Of course, she did not really mean it. She only wanted to be uh, in the wind and the sunshine and riding on one of those little ponies. The Indian children's mothers were riding ponies too. Long fringe dangled about their legs and blankets were wrapped around their bodies, but the only thing on their heads was their smooth black hair. Their faces were brown and placid. Some of them had narrow bundles tied to their backs and tiny baby heads stuck out of the top of those bundles. Some babies and some small children rode in baskets hanging at the pony's sides beside their mothers. More and more and more ponies passed, more and more children, and more and more babies on their mother's backs, and more and more babies in blankets on the pony's sides. Then came a mother riding with a baby in a basket on each side of her pony. Laura looked straight into the bright eyes of the little baby nearer, nearer her. Only its small head showed above the basket's rim, and its hair was black as a crow, and its eyes were as black as a night with no shining stars. Those black eyes looked deep into Laura's eyes, and she looked deep down into the blackness of that little baby's eyes, and she wanted that little baby. Pa, she said, give me that little Indian baby. Hush, Laura, Pa told her sternly. The little baby was going by, and its head turned 
and its eyes kept looking into Laura's eyes. Oh, I want it, I want it, Laura begged. The baby was going further and further away, but it did not stop looking back at Laura. It wants to stay with me, Laura begged. Please, Papa, please. Hush, Laura, Pa said. The Indian woman wants to keep her baby. Oh, Pa, pleaded Laura, and then she began to cry. It was shameful to cry, but she couldn't help it. The little Indian baby was gone. She knew that she would never see it any more. Ma said that she had never heard of such a thing. For shame, Laura, she said, but Laura could not stop crying. Why on earth do you want an Indian baby of all things, Ma asked her. Its eyes are so black, Laura sobbed. She could not say what she meant. Why, Laura, Ma said, you don't want another baby. We have a baby of our own. I want the other one, too, Laura sobbed loudly. Well, I declare, Ma exclaimed. Look at the Indians, Laura, said Pa. Look west, and then look east, and see what you see. Laura could hardly see the first. Her eyes were full of tears, and sobs kept jerking out of her throat. But she obeyed Pa as best she could. In a moment, she was still. As far as she could see to the west, and as far as she could see to the east, there were Indians. There was no end to that long, long line. That's a lot of Indians, Pa said. And more and more Indians came riding by. Baby Carrie grew tired of looking at the Indians and played by herself on the floor. But Laura sat on the doorstep. Pa stood close beside her, and Ma and Mary stood in the doorway. They looked and looked and looked at the Indians riding by. It was dinner time, and no one thought of dinner. Indian ponies were still going by, carrying bundles of skins and tent poles and dangling baskets and cooking pots. There were few more women and a few more Indian children, but then the very last pony went by. But Pa and Ma and Laura and Mary still stayed in the doorways, looking till that long line of Indians slowly pulled itself over the western edge of the world. And nothing was left but the silence and emptiness. All the world seemed to be very quiet and lonely. Ma said she didn't like, feel like doing anything. She was so let down. Pa told her, not to do anything but rest. You must eat something, Charles, Ma said. No, said Pa, I don't feel hungry. He was soberly, he went soberly to hitch up Pete and Patty, and he began again to break the tough sod with the plow. Laura could not eat anything either. She sat a long time at the doorstep looking into the empty west where the Indians had gone. She seemed still to see waving feathers and black eyes and to hear the sound of ponies' feet. Well, boys, that's the story for tonight. Sleep well. I love you. <laughs>